oh, it's like 20-year-old dudes like looking at thirst traps or Aaron <laughs> Mimit watches a bunch of thirst traps. videos. <laughs> oh my God, they were roommates. Welcome to the Roommates Couch Podcast. I'm Aaron. Now I'm Kelton. I saw this on TikTok and it got me thinking because it's true. It said that most men think that if they needed to in an emergency situation could land a plane, right? So here's my question to you. Could you safely land a commercial airliner in an emergency situation if you had air traffic control to guide you through it? So my cousin is uh, currently a pilot. All growing up, he was one of those kids where he's just obsessed with airplanes. So he had a flight simulator, and it was, like, legit. Like, he had spent thousands of dollars on it. I crashed every single time. I never <laughs> attempted to do it. So I, I think realistically, no. Um, I, I do think I'm a person that thrives in emergency situations. So almost every time I've been in an emergency situation, like, I hyper-focus. Like, I, I think I could do well in high-stress environments like that. I would kill everyone on that plane. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so when I read it, I was like, of course I could. It's not even a thought. Of course I could land the plane. The more thought you put into it, you're exactly right. Like, I would kill everyone there. There's zero chance that I'm landing that plane effectively. Like, I have a flight simulator, I, and I'm not good at it. So there's a reason pilots make I, 150 grand a year and don't need a college degree. <laughs> yes. I, I think that, uh, like, if it's a small plane, there's a chance. Like, uh, there's maybe a chance that, like, we, we get her on the ground and we crash, but we're, we're still alive. But like a jumbo jet, like a airliner, like there's no way. Like I yeah. just, there's so many buttons and so many, so many variables that go into it. There's no way. It's so funny because did you ever play the Ace Combat games? Oh. Okay. They're they're just basically fighter pilot games for old PlayStation, and they are so fun. And the mechanics, like when it was coming out, it was like, oh, this is like cutting edge. And I used to play that game, and like it doesn't matter how well you do, they hype you up. They're like, "Well, you're the greatest pilot that's ever lived." <laughs> and so I just have this like confidence where it's just like, if I were to sit down in a two seater plane, I would shock the world, and people would be <laughs> stunned at the amount of things that I could do. And realistically, I couldn't even get that bitch off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so I, confident. I've done that before. Done that before, where uh, like I was a kid, and they take they took us up in like a two seater, and then the pilot's like all right, you got the controls and they have like the other side and you're like, Oh, you know, yeah. and for years I was like, I've flown a plane. Yeah. Like, I, I know what's up. It's like, nah, <laughs> he had his hand on it the whole time. Oh, there was yeah. no way that I was I, doing anything. I did that for the, uh, the aviation merit badge in boy scouts and got up and flew a plane for 10 minutes, quote unquote. Cause you know, for sure your controls were locked to his and he's steering with his knees. Like there's no chance yeah. he's <laughs> giving you the controls of his plane. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Okay, so literally right now, this minute, live reaction, I just learned a unique fact about Arizona. So this girl that I follow on Instagram, one of the Serena's friends that she works with, just um, she posted on her Instagram story a little statistic for the 10 least safe U.S. cities for driving, and three of the top 10 are in Arizona. Number six is where I live, and number eight is where I used to live. So this is in order. So it goes Atlanta then Dallas, then Mesa, Arizona, then Jacksonville, then Phoenix, then Tucson, then Louisville, then Detroit, then Albuquerque, 
and then Memphis. Officially the worst drivers in the U.S., and three of those cities are here. Add that to the list of reasons why you need to move to Arizona. (laughs) Well, I'm surprised because my whole life growing up, I'm from Utah. Everyone just talks about how terrible Utah drivers are. Yeah. I did not hear a single Utah city. There was no Utah. I think it helps that uh, everyone that's driving in Utah is from Utah. And so, like, everyone drives bad together, so it sort of becomes this machine that operates the way that it should. Versus Arizona, we get lots of visitors here, and so it just, they're not used to how bad we are at driving, and then they die. <laughs> then they die. <laughs> that, Utah, I feel like the, the problem with Utah is you just have such a weird mix of people going 100 miles an hour. Because the, there's a thing in Utah where it's like the speed limit is 80, and it used to be 70, but the, it's 80 on I-15 most of the way. And it's like, you have to go 90. And if like you're a little worried that there might be like a speed trap, then you're going like 85. But no one goes 80. Like you do not go the speed limit. So when I I moved to Oregon for a couple of years, I was like, this is weird because almost everybody went 65, and all the highways are 65 there, which is painfully slow. They need to up that. But I just remember I was like, why is no one going 70? Like, and whenever I would drive, I was just like flying fast cars because everyone actually goes the speed limit in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like every city that you list is like big city that that that's kind of where the worst drivers are or whatever yeah but uh i chan did her internship in denver and man the aggression of city driving is like next level because i-15 is like not really aggressive because it's highway driving so you have lanes that you can merge into and stuff but like when you're in like a two lane or one lane road like city drivers are intense and they're just like they'll cut in whenever they want to and I can't do it, man. It stresses me out. See, it's funny because I don't have an issue in Phoenix. Like even with people driving crazy, I like, I don't, I don't know if I just expect it, but every time I go to Utah, I get like uncomfortable with how people are driving around me because they're going so fast and they are sitting right inside your bumper. Like if you tap the brakes, you're killing the person in the car behind you because there's no, no way that they're stopping. And so like every time I'm in Utah, I'm like, man, everyone here is terrible. I hate them so much. But statistically, I guess Arizona is three times worse because times worse utah's so got no how cities is, how was this list compiled was it like accidents or was it like voted upon i think it was accidents oh okay. deadly accidents mm. and i will say we do that have really a, a fair me. amount of those every time we go across the valley to like my grandma's house we do have to account for the fact that we're going to run into 20 minutes of traffic because of an accident so maybe that's why i don't notice it is because i just plan it into my day what, what's the speed limit like typically between cities in arizona um, it depends on what freeway you're on, to be honest. I think a lot of the, the highways are posted at 65, but the freeways are 75. But it's a lot like Utah. Nobody actually does that. Um, the goal is to just match the flow of traffic. And so generally on the, the 65 posted, we're going 75-ish. And on the 75s, we're going 80 or 90. Okay. What, what's that freeway called in like Germany where it's like there is no speed limit? The Autobahn. Autobahn. I, I heard a stat one time that's probably not true that it's like the Autobahn is like one of the safer roads in the world because there is no limit and so people just drive to their comfortability and it like it works out. I'm I'm sure that it is. Yeah. I I bet it's just they are really good about separating lanes. Like you know how people here in the states love to to camp in the left lane going twenty under? Like there mm-hmm. you don't do that. You go you have like your really fast lane and your fast lane and your normal lane and so I'm sure that's how they, you know, avoid a lot of those accidents. I guess there's a couple in the world because I was the Autobahn in Germany is a no speed limit road, uh, the Isles of Man in the British Isles, and then also there is a Autostoria, Poland. Hmm. Oh, and Highway 103 in the USA or 130 in the USA. Where is that? 
Uh, Texas. I'm going to go drive it. No speed limit <laughs> yeah. in the U.S.? <laughs> That's interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I've always only ever heard of the Autobahn. So yeah, for real. Why. This is from, like, San Jose. And I don't know Texas geography, so I'm just making this crap up. Yeah. I'm just, like, pulling this up. San Jose, which is... Northern California. Oh, that's Northern California. This is not 130. Okay. This is not the tech. The Texas I was like, it stretches from Northern California to Texas. Jeez. <laughs> now I, I we're gonna have to throw this whole thing out because now I'm finding conflicting sources. Because this one says the speed limit's 85, which is it's still fast. But... Yeah. Oh, interesting. Maybe I'll remove that portion. That. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Someone calls out on it. <laughs> if you live in Texas, How's let that? us know what's the speed limit. Yeah, how's uh, Serena's birthday been going? Good. She's uh, yeah, she's been having a good time. Um, I got her uh, an Apple Watch because she had a Fitbit and she just broke it and has been wanting something a little more useful in her daily life because like she runs a lot and she does all that and so it's nice to be able to track. But she also wanted other functionality. Um, we tomorrow, not today because I have work super early in the morning. So today she's going out with one of her friends and they're just hanging out having dinner and, and that kind of stuff and then tomorrow we're going to uh we're going to a different friend of hers we're gonna have like a little pizza party and then we're going out to um there's like a bunch of like arcade style like adult arcades that are here in phoenix so we're going out to one of those and then uh on saturday we're going to a comedy club and it's gonna sick. be a blast so that's awesome i love comedy clubs yeah you guys go very often to one no this is our this will be the second time we've ever seen a live comedy show, and the first time was on our cruise. Oh, sick! Yeah, uh, we the cruise comedies are like huge hit or miss. Like they do like the early show, and it's like the clean show, and then they do like the adult show. And sometimes the adult shows on a cruise ship are like the most vulgar things you've ever heard in your entire yeah. life. You're like, this is not even funny, man. Like, yeah. can't even process this. Yeah. I'm so sure. I'm sure this one's gonna be pretty vulgar. It's a guy that I follow on TikTok, and. Uh, he, he's very funny, but a lot of his jokes, you're like, that was on the edge. <laughs> who, who is it? Uh, Che Dorena. Che Dorena. I don't know him. Yeah. I'm up. sure if I sent you a TikTok of his, you would be like, oh, this guy. And so, but we're going to go see Che Dorena on Saturday. I feel like it should be law that all birthdays must be celebrated on the weekends. Yep. Or at least like you should get like a day off of work to celebrate your birthday. Yep. So I'm glad that you guys are extending it out because Thursday... Thursday's not the worst. I hate when you have like a Sunday birthday or yeah. like a Monday birthday. Those are rough. Yeah. No, we, she has tomorrow off. Um, cause she just, she wanted an extra day to kind of hang out and stuff. Um, so she's going to take that and then, yeah, this weekend we're going to do some stuff. And then I've got a, uh, house cleaner coming on Sunday because why do spring cleaning yourself when you can pay someone else to do it? And so <laughs> how much is your, your cleaner going to cost? Um, I actually got a, a discount on it. So it was 45 bucks plus I have to tip. Um, and Ooh. it's like a four hour cleaning. So it's not going to be like ultra deep clean, but like it's a pretty good clean. And, uh, normally it runs about a hundred and we've had a different company out here before and it's like 125 for six hour type deal. So you're paying them like 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's worth incredible. it. I was, I thought you were going to say like 200, 300 bucks. Cause like, that's what I, I have no idea. I've never yeah. heard of people coming and cleaning and stuff, but it's like, yeah, dude, 40 bucks. I'd do that. Totally. I do that every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. You live in like the ideal location for it. Like you have so many students yeah. that are desperate for cash say, Hey, I will give you $60 to come clean my house top to bottom. And I guarantee someone will do it. Do they like clean up your stuff or is it like you clean up the clutter and then they do like the deep cleaning stuff? 
So we we clean up the clutter just because we don't like to see like we don't like people to see how we live, um, <laughs> and so we'll kind of do a sweep of everything and then let them actually clean. Um, but as part of the deal, like they do your dishes, they'll do a load of laundry for you. They'll like change your sheets and make your bed. Like they'll they do the whole whole nine. So, dang, no, yeah, dude, that's awesome. I uh, I've never been a big believer in like paying people for like my my being in my business. Like I don't like people like you know doing a service and in, in my stuff or whatever. But recently we got onto um, detailing, like car detailing. Oh yeah, and. Dude, there's this guy, and he he comes and takes your car, so it's like a little sketchy. Like the first time he did it, I was like, he's just gonna steal my car. Yeah. But he, he takes it for a day, and then he returns it the next morning, and it's like a brand new vehicle. It's insane. He takes the seats out. He like does all this type of stuff, and it's 150 bucks or something, like a little little spendy for what it is. But yeah. at the end of it, it's like a new car. Yeah. So we, we do it like basically like once a year, and it's awesome. I I have a friend that's recently started getting into that, and so. Um... I gave him my my truck, which I don't know if you remember, but it's a work truck. Like it's dirty and gross, and like it has never been clean a day in its life. And um, it had a seat cover on it from the moment that I bought it because the seats have like caked in mud and concrete and paint and stuff because it was a construction truck. And uh, I gave it to my friend, and he's like, "Yeah, man, just pay me whatever." Like I'm mostly using this for practice and stuff, so I gave him a hundred bucks because he's a friend. And um, my truck came back cleaner than I've ever seen. Like didn't need the seat covers anymore he like got in with this like brush on a drill and like shampoo scraped out all my seats and stuff it looks amazing like a year later my truck still looks clean heck yeah because yep. you don't have kids dude yeah. <laughs> yeah. i know we we get our, we got our car detailed like probably a month ago and it, like i said it was spotless brand new car and you go and look at it today and i i, I have to be fair to hudson my daughter because it's Chan. Ninety percent of it's Chan, and then the other ten percent of it's Hudson. <laughs> but like just today, we were like driving in the car. I was like, "What the heck is on the seat?" Because it's very obvious when something is spilled or messy now because it it's a clean car. Yeah. And on the seat, it's just this huge stain. And I was like, "Gosh, I've never noticed this. What happened?" And then I just look over at Chan. She's just like being real quiet. I was like, "What? What'd you do?" Full <laughs> She's like, full thing of orange high C. Whole thing of salsa. She had went to <laughs> Africa, had a whole cup of salsa, <laughs> spilled it all over, and it's like she's just eating salsa right. while she drives around. Maybe Idaho so. should be on the list of dangerous cities to drive in. <laughs> Look out. Chan with her Maverick breakfast burritos. Oh, you know what? The everywhere. data's probably old because Georgia was on there, so she probably single-handedly put Georgia on the map. <laughs> now once it updates, Idaho. Oh, dude, I forgot to tell you. So Atlanta was the one right on it. Um, when The first time I went to Georgia and we visited Chan's family, we were driving around with her grandparents, and there was this lady that just like, burst out like she just like went right out in the middle of the road and so her grandma slammed on her brakes and yeah. like it was so awkward because in a car like you can hear people outside and so this lady started yelling she was like oh my gosh you almost hit me and she's like screaming and we can hear her. yeah her grandparents don't say anything it was like they're mimes but they're like flipping her off and yelling like pretend yelling and stuff yeah. and they're like having this fight and where we can hear the lady outside the car but they're just making hand motions inside <laughs> the car and i was like this is the most awkward thing it was like my first time i ever met them and i was like what the heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's weird so it's it's chan and her grandparents that are single-handedly putting them on the map so until our grandparents move landon will will still be on the list Did you see that that video of the um, shootout at Atlanta gas station? No, dude. I uh, I'll have to see if I can pull it up, but it's like wild. It looks like a straight out of a John Wick movie. He just hit that guy. <laughs> 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 what the hell? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, dude. Like at first, you're like, oh wow, that's crazy. Like they're shooting and stuff. And then when he gets hit by the car, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's took on a whole other level. What doesn't make sense is like I'm pretty sure it's his own friends yeah. coming back to get him. Yeah, and he just like toast him. Wow. Yeah, wild. people are crazy, man. Have you ever have you ever seen John Wick movies? We love John Wick. We're going to see the fourth one okay. ASAP. Dude, you need to go see it. So I've never seen any of the movies. Um, this last weekend I had uh, we did, basically did did like a big birthday celebration for my birthday, and I uh, had a friend from Utah come up, and then another buddy that lives up here, and just did a, a boys' weekend. We went fishing and snowmobiling, and then went to John Wick at the the end of it. And I'd never seen those movies, and I was like, this is. I've never seen an action movie with that much action. Like yeah. it's it's awesome, really yeah. really good. Well, first hour of this, not seeing any of the prior John Wick movies. You're probably a little bit behind. Completely lost yeah. for the full first hour, and I was like, this movie sucks. And then the ne- next two hours, it's a three hour long movie, so just buckle in for yeah. for it. Good. For the next two hours, in- incredible. But um, there's there's car scenes and chases, so I'm not giving anything away because that's probably in all of them. But the amount of people that get hit by vehicles, I was like, oh my gosh. And then I saw this after the John Wick movie, and I was like, I feel like when they make action movies, like they must like go and review like real real things and it's like, oh, this is how it's supposed to look. And I just feel like I've been so desensitized growing up with media that's mimicked real life scenarios. Yeah. That for you to see a real life scenario like this, it almost feels fake. I'm almost like, oh, that looks like a movie, but no, I think the movies do an exceptional job at making it look real. Yeah. So we love John Wick. We we see them all the time. Like I own all three of them. And I guess now I need to buy the fourth one. But um, so Keanu Reeves does all of his own stunts for those movies. And in the first movie alone, he gets hit by a car like six times. And every single time they hit Keanu Reeves with a car. Like he is, really? he takes it. And it's so crazy because you'll go and see like his training videos and stuff. And like for the movie, he mastered jujitsu. And then like, takes all these special forces trainings about like shooting stances and how to reload quickly and all this stuff. So like, he's like, he knows what he's doing. So when you see it on there, he's not like an actor. Cause you'll see other people like, um, in the third one, Halle Berry is there. She quite obviously does not know how to handle a gun. And so like when she's reloading, it's really awkward and weird, even though she's like this world-class assassin, but Keanu Reeves, you never get any of that because he is just super dedicated to him. So he does all of his own stunts he'll crash his own cars he'll get hit by cars he'll jump off of buildings like that dude's crazy he's he's so cool that's no that's awesome i i saw a stat after this movie he says like 380 words total in the entire yeah, movie i believe and it. he get he got paid like 15 million so it's like forty thousand dollars per word that he said. <laughs> so awesome yeah the the dialogue as far as those movies go not really phenomenal like they're not oh, oscar-winning performances but they are badass, and like the fact that every fight scene is shot like single camera, so you can see what's going on. It's not like the Bourne movies where it's like fifteen camera angles in two seconds, so you can't really track what's going on. Like, it's they're they're crazy. Their choreographer is just a genius. And Dude, there's there's a scene I won't give it away, but oh, buddy, it is like you can tell. And I went after and did some research and stuff, and it's like it's all done in a one shot, and it is amazing and it, it goes on for probably 30 minutes and so it's like i think of that much there's so many things that have to go right and yeah. so i don't know how many times it took them to film it to what they put into the show but geez it is it's crazy yeah. like it would suck so bad if you got through 28 minutes of it and then you screwed up at the very end and you like, just have to redo the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i 
it's funny because because this movie was coming out, they start like releasing statistics and stuff for the the other three movies. And like, there's a lot of movies where a lot of people die, but there's not a lot of movies where one character kills a lot of people on screen. Like, you can drop a bomb and claim like, oh, there was twenty twenty thousand people and whatever. But like, seeing someone die by someone else's hand in a movie wise, John Wick is the deadliest character to ever be portrayed on camera. And in the first three movies, he kills two hundred and ninety nine people. Oh my! One hundred people per movie, and like, you watch something like the Bourne movies, and it's like, oh yeah, he killed like like five or six this movie no not even close <laughs> yeah yeah it was it's crazy because like i don't i don't watch a lot of radar shows it's just kind of one of my things and stuff but yeah. like, like whenever we do that i always like will check to see like what is it that that makes this radar yeah and it's like it's only rated r because it's like it's gore the amount of headshots that he does and it, it's not even gore that's what really surprised me because like i i don't love super gory movies like mm-hmm. i tried watching saw one time and i was like it's too much like it's just, like there's just a level that you're just like i can't can't do it yeah but it's, it wasn't gore it was just like insane violence that was incredible yeah. like it was just so aggressive all the time for two hours straight <laughs> you know it's based on um comic books oh really yeah and so apparently they're really know. really phenomenal and it's a big point in the comics that john always does his double tap shot so he'll do a body shot and then a head shot immediately after every single time you watch him kill someone with a gun boom boom double tap chest head and it was just like keanu reeves read him and he was like no we have to stick to that like that's his thing and so it's it's unbelievable so much more sense because like there's so many times he kills somebody in this movie that i'm like that was unnecessary (laughs) (laughs) because he he does do that every single time and i was like excessive yep so that's keanu reeves impacting the movie yeah dude speaking of which oh yeah there's a pivot to probably something more sad and serious but have you watched the body cam footage of the Nashville shooting? No. Oh my gosh, dude. Like it's, it's terrible. Like it is awful, but it's like, Hey, we're not going to let that shooter out of that building. Like it's like, there's excessive, but I, it's constituted like, you know, like it, but it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. just awful. Then again, to that desensitize, desensitization, it's like, it looks like the movie. And so you're just like, don't process that it's like it's real life and that's, that's really real going on you know person yeah i think along that same line of desensitization we have become so desensitized to school shootings that it's just like it's not even shocking like i was literally at work and someone turned on the news in our break room and they were like yeah there's a school shooting and i was just like oh another one because i don't know if you know this but just this year alone there's been like 168 mass shootings in the u.s and like not all of them have been at schools of course but like we're only 80 days into the year. Like we're averaging two mass shootings a day, which is just unfathomable. And what else is crazy about that? And this is why this Nashville one's so unique is I believe it's only like five women have ever been mass shooters in the United States. That is so disproportionate and so insane that like, and, and this gal didn't even identify as a female. So it's like, it's just crazy that that's, that's the level of messed up dudes we got going on. Nope. and how disproportionate that is yeah. no it's it is a mess i am slowly becoming more anti-gun every single day like i just mm-hmm. we don't need them other countries function just great without them and like yeah i know a lot of people including our own guest mr nicholas brewer will be very disappointed by that sentiment <laughs> but it's just like even if you still want them make it just difficult to get a hold of like I don't know. I there's not an easy solution for it because you know the NRA NRA pumps trillions of dollars into our government over the last hundred years, and like that's 
we're so entrenched in it as a culture that I don't think we'll ever fix it, but it's just like terrible. Like one of the biggest things that like leads us away from ever having kids is the fact that we will eventually send our kids to school. And like, there's a pretty good chance that there's going to be a school shooting. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing. Cause it's like, obviously like I hunt and I, I do all that type of stuff and I've grown up around guns. I've always, I've always had a, like a, it's a fear and respect for guns. Like I've always been ultra careful and I've had friends that have had accidents with guns and, and there's a lot of danger to them. Um, I, I think that the solution is, is not being able, like not allowing people to get access to them as easily as they do. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to prevent crazies. Like I, there's too much, too many guns out there in the market today that like, if you make it impossible for someone with mental illness to have a gun, which I, I don't think they should, you know, like I yeah. think that that's step one, if any, and this guy, like the girl that did the Nashville shooting, like she was seeing a doctor, she was still able to see, um, or she was still able to purchase legally guns and stuff it's like there should be a red flag moment that let's like if you're consulting a doctor for mental issues like that it's like you're on a watch list you do not have authorization to purchase a, a weapon like the that just is common sense because yeah. it's like not even mass shootings it's just like suicides like guns are, are number one too like, readily you know, available that people to do that you know and it's just like there is we need to protect people in, in that system and so i'm all for that like i'm all for i i do i'm in that camp of like it is the tool. It's the tool behind the, the methodology and the mental illness that people lead to that. And I would hate to see that evolve into, you know, other things like in the UK, like they, their big thing is stabbings because yeah. it is hard, more difficult to get uh, guns, but so they stab people and it's like less casualties for sure, which is, I guess a win, yeah. <laughs> but it's like also terrible deaths and, and, and rough ways to go. And it's like, I'd hate to see that evolve even more into like, Let's get Unabomber type of people and, and people who are going to do mass casualties through other, other means. And, and so, yeah, yeah so I, I, I'm in that camp where it's like, I think it's a tool that's misused. Um, but also I understand like there needs to be reform and, and people, yeah. we need to get what think, we can to solve the problem. I think the big thing for me is like, it just, it has to be so much harder to get them. And that's just make it inconvenient because the people that want them are still going to get them. You know, we have plenty of people that are going to be willing to wait the extra 10 days because like they're already waiting two days why not just add round it up make it a clean two weeks but like people that people that shouldn't have them that gives us that much more opportunity to identify that like it should be part of it that like they do medical screenings and emotional screenings and they check your your social medias like every single time there's a mass shooting they're like yeah we logged into their twitter and oops looks like they've been a, a white supremacist for the last 12 years and they're constantly tweeting about how they're going to kill someone and it's just like we didn't think to check Twitter. Like that's a public database yeah. of serial killers, like yeah. people waiting to commit atrocities and they're just talking about it online. Let's just look a little harder. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think to your second point of, of what you're saying about like, you know, the fear that exists with, with your kid. And I, I had that so bad when we first had Hudson of like, and how can I bring her into this world when there's so many messed up things? And I, I really struggled with that for a while, but now I've just kind of gotten to the point where it's like, Oh, any day is a risk <laughs> living yeah. where we live and what we do and and we're very blessed people like living in america like there's at least we're not like having guerrilla warfare and civil wars <laughs> that people are legitimately just trying to hunt down and kill you you know it's like we do have a problem there is uh, a statistical probability of going to public school that you will be involved in that or or whatever it may be but 
just feel like all things considered it's you just have to live your life and, and understand that there's going to be risk and and you know i i think that you just have to roll with it and that that's it's scary and it sucks but i just feel like that's that's the only way to live unless you just want to live in a box you know <laughs> yeah true are you an influencer or a small business that wants to increase your reach? Do you want to see your profits increase by dozens of dollars? Advertise with us. Contact us at roommatescouch at gmail.com to be featured in an upcoming episode. Speaking of the, the blessings of living in America, where we are the land of the free, right? Or not so free, depending on what happens over the next coming months. I don't know if you've looked too much into uh, S686, the banned TikTok bill. No. Oh, um, I haven't. I just known that they're doing the the court case or whatever it's called. Yeah. So everybody knows it as the banned TikTok bill because that's like how it came about is like, hey, we need to control this because China might have access to it someday. And China even came out and said like, no, we're not really planning on it. That data is meaningless to us. Like it's good for advertisers, but like, what do I care? And so even China's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But I mean, they would say that arguably, even if it was important to them because they wanted to keep it. But the bill itself... Um, is actually like the name of it is the restrict bill. Um, and it's less about TikTok and more about granting power to an individual to ban indiscriminately anything that, that they deem inappropriate or don't like. So the foundations of the bill is that if any technology is suspected of being connected to a country or a person of interest, that it becomes banned immediately. So anything that comes out of China, anything that comes out of you know, Iran or North Korea, not that we buy a whole lot of tech from them, but China would be a, a big hit to us based on that. Um, but it covers uh, routers, computers that are connected to Wi-Fi, home security cameras, video game consoles, smart thermostats, um, and virtual tech like VPNs and stuff. And the whole purpose of it is basically the government will create, like the sitting president will pick one person who will be the secretary of technology safety or whatever it is. That person then creates a cabinet and with no input from anybody else, voters don't get to decide who's there or anything. It's just the sitting president at the time. And they essentially say, yeah, this is banned now. And they can do it with or without warning. They can monitor all of your activity if they think you're suspicious, which that part, I can see that. Like that'll, that'll help going back to the gun control laws and stuff like that. Real issue is that something like TikTok, if you just want to be able to go on TikTok and you happen to download a VPN and log into a Canadian server, um, the, the potential penalty for something like that is $250,000 and 20 years in jail, unless you downloaded a VPN specifically for the purpose of getting around that rule. And then it's a million dollars and 20 years in jail. And it's like, what? how can TikTok be such a threat that we're willing to charge someone a million dollars for logging in? Like, I don't think it's about TikTok. I think it's more about the ability to restrict things that we have access to on the internet, which is already super restricted as it is. So America is... Uh, Wanting to take away your rights. Stand up, patriots. <laughs> Stand up. Contact your no, representatives. Tell them not to vote for it. I, I wonder how this connects to the, the AI um, discussion that's going on right now. A lot of big tech leaders are saying, like, we have let Endor out of our box, and this is a problem. Because uh, no. we talk about it almost every week in, on the podcast of, oh, this is a cool thing that I'm doing with ChatGPT or whatever it may be. But basically they're saying we need to, we need to pause it right now like we there needs to be an affirmative action that just goes and pauses all development with ai till we can develop a smarter system so that doesn't get out of out of hand you know yeah. and 
I could see how that that connects to this idea of yeah. creating a department where it's like they have the free will to ban anything at any given point because it's like you need speed because the way the government works today there is no way they're going to be able to shut down anything with ai with how how far it is out there they don't even know what ai is yes they're geriatric (laughs) dinosaurs that are falling apart at the seams yeah yeah so it's that's an interesting one i i don't know that I don't know what the answer is because I, I love my freedom and I love America. Like I love all that type of stuff. I also know there's a lot that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's what scares me. I, I, I literally watched a video today of a, an ex Navy seal and he was talking about the tech that he had and 20 years ago. And he was like, it was a belief at that time, whenever we were spying on people that they would have their burners and they would remove the battery from their burner phones. And he's like the tech that we had the microchips inside your phones, like, provided enough juice that we were still listening in on people's phone conversations even after the battery had been removed. Wow. And it's like, that's tech from years ago. And so it's like, I do believe that there's just tech beyond what we have available. And there's, I believe that there's things we don't know. And so when it comes to like the TikTok thing, it's like, it's interesting because what is the data that they're collecting? Oh, it's like, 20 year old dudes like looking at thirst traps or Aaron Mimit watches a bunch of thirst traps. It's like, what is that information? Why is that information valuable to him? And it's like, I don't, I don't think it is like, I've always thought that about like Twitter and Facebook. And it's like, everyone's always concerned about the data that they're collecting on. I mean, it's like, I don't care as yeah. long, if it's serving me up better ads, like cool. Please. I'm all for it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think where it gets scary is if China really wanted, if this was malicious and TikTok is malicious and, and China has control over it. And I believe that this is the, the concern of AI is our economy runs digitally. I, I literally have zero dollars in physical cash in my home. Like yeah. I have nothing. And I trust that this digital system is protecting my assets of funds. And if I wake up one day and someone has trained an AI model to steal my identity and take my money, or China is able to access my bank account via TikTok download, and then all of a sudden it just cripples us, like you, the, there's no way for me to go and prove what money I have and what I don't have, and China just steals all of our money digitally. Like I don't know how that goes down or, or what that is, but it's like maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe yeah. there's that that's the unknown that we we don't see, and maybe there's people that are uh, privy to that insider information that are like this is bad and we need to stop it but Mm -hmm. i don't know what are your thoughts on that you have too much faith in our government my brother (laughs) 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 they don't give a shit about us (laughs) (laughs) no i i could see ai being a big big reason why there's this sudden push for it and like obviously you need a villain if you're gonna try to get rid of something you know the government did it with cannabis in 60 years ago and like that became the villain even though it's essentially harmless at every level. Um, and that was how, you know, they kind of pushed the war on drugs and all that stuff as it started with cannabis. So I could see that TikTok being like the scapegoat villain for them trying to wait, find ways to fight AI systems. That would make more sense to me than, you know, China having access to whatever my data is. Cause I've looked on the TikTok permissions and it's like, they want access to your contacts, which I deny. I don't give them access to my contacts because I don't want people that I know in real life finding me on TikTok And like, I don't like other than that it's you know my shopping data when I'm on Instagram and stuff like that and so it's like it's realistically harmless data as far as that goes but 
it's easy enough to get people scared of the big spooky app that all the kids like rather than, oh, this AI that only nerds use. And so it, I could see that being like a, a foundational reason, reasoning behind it. But I wish if that were the case that they would just be straight up with it. Like just say, hey, this is concerning. Like you said, we got to put a pause on this. We're going to give someone power to stop development on AIs rather than, hey, this one person has power to control anything in your your internet usage or they can listen in and that was the other thing is they can um they can access your like exactly like the amazon echoes and the google homes and all that stuff like how they're constantly listening essentially this would give the government power to listen to all of that all the time because we all know that they're listening but like it's amazon they're just giving me ads based on what i want versus the government which would use that to you know do whatever it is that governments do i guess i don't know but i don't know I'm going to run for Congress. Mehmet, 2028, Arizona, District 6, wherever I live. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> Do you know how much money they make? Hundreds, right? Hundreds of dollars. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of thousands. It's yeah. like 250, isn't it? It's 174 to start. Okay. And then you also get a pension beginning minute one that you're a congressman and it's based on a it's sort of run like the military where it's based on a percentage of the amount of time served and so once you're over five years in service which would be two and a half terms so basically being elected three times and then either finishing a term or getting kicked out once you're over five years you receive 70 percent of your pay which again starts at one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. so it's like it's a lot it's like a hundred and eight thousand dollars a year for the rest of your life even if you just serve three terms um and then from there it goes up. So when you get up to like the career politicians that have been there for 15, 20 years, their base salary is like quarter million and their pension is about that same amount every single year. Like it's, it's absurd. I am going to run for Congress for real. Vote for me. Oh, I will. Great. And we'll hold your, uh, your commencement speech at the Monroe. Hell yeah. <laughs> I stream it over Twitch. <laughs> Oh, that will be interesting. Like there are some younger politicians, but it's like we're probably, you know, in the next couple of elections gonna start seeing some like young blood coming through. Like people, people that are our generation are Twitch. are moving in, yeah. They're they're like ready. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I uh I, my parents are very big um politically. Uh, my mom was a, the first woman city councilor in our town, my dad was mayor and city councilor for like eighteen years and no so, way. Word? Yeah. Chad and Lisa, look at you, local Chad government. And, and uh, my and my grandpa was a mayor for a while too, so it's like big local politicians. Like that's just always been a part of our lives. And it's like the one thing that my dad has taught me a lot about is like term limits. Like if <sighs> he had someone tell him like if you can't accomplish what you need to accomplish in eight years, like it's time to wrap it up. Yep. And I just that's the one thing about politics I feel like needs to be resolved is. I feel like people who run for the first time, they have visions and dreams of how they can improve the system. But it's like, if you can't get traction in eight years, you don't need to be there any longer. Like yeah. you don't make it your career. Don't get your pension and, and get golden handcuffs. Or it's like, have to keep doing it because you have to keep making this money. It's the only thing you've ever known. It's like, just get out. Like we need to set those limits. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, I think you're exactly right. Cause people that run initially, like most people don't, get into politics with the idea that like, oh, I'm going to be a career politician. It like starts out with, I want to get a law degree or I want to do this or whatever. And a lot of it, they get into politics because there's an issue that matters to them that they come across. And so they're like, hey, my city sucks ass at 
parks and recreation and i want to change that and so they run based on that and then they win and then you're exactly right they get those golden handcuffs on and they get the that that mentality that like i think it's just a poison where it's like i'm i'm better than you because you elected me kind of thing they don't serve the people anymore they look down on the people and that is a huge huge problem you know what else we need to ban other than like term limits is a huge thing i'm 100 percent for that like and age limits retirement age if everyone else in the country has to retire at 65 so do you you cannot be there <laughs> at 89 years old making laws because you're not going to be here next year your opinion doesn't matter but the other thing that we need to to put restriction on is trading as a as a representative like i don't know if you follow like the nancy pelosi you know trade yeah. accounts and stuff like that but like her net worth is like 280 million dollars and it's like yeah she's been in congress for 30 years but like that doesn't equate to 280 million dollars that shouldn't make her richer than justin bieber like she makes 200 grand a year but it's, it's obscene she's been working for a thousand years in congress that's how she would get that money it's crazy yep yeah that that doesn't make any sense it's like you just have if you're going to be a public servant which they should be you know it's like you it should come with restrictions this is a great example i just heard the other day that uh, a buddy of mine that works at a company the ceo went and looked at him in the face and said you have to cut your hair cut your hair you're you represent my company and i want you to cut your hair Forced him to cut his hair okay so it was like huh we, we kind of had a hard time with it we we're like uh screw that guy he doesn't yeah. have, he, he doesn't have the right to tell you that but the more i've sat on it i'm like well the alternative is you don't work there anymore if you want to keep your hair then you don't work there anymore so trading you have the ability to influence majorly how company the success of companies and you're privy to insider information and there's a lot of people that are going to lobby for you and, and try to make you a lot of money and are going to give you information it's like if you're going to be a public servant and you're going to serve in congress it's like you sacrifice the right to do play that game like anything else that'll make you money don't do it yeah yeah like I, there has to be rules against that like that is it's just it's messed up and what would help with that is you have a term limit. So it's like, if you want to play in that game, sure. After, <laughs> after you don't have the influence and the ability to, to do that anymore, yeah. you're out of that position. So well, it's interesting. That's, that's crooked. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause, um, I was, I was watching this thing and it was like, you know, which, which politicians that are for the TikTok ban, which also own stock in meta and like meta just last year alone paid lobbying companies $19.6 million to spread misinformation about TikTok. So everything you've ever heard about dangerous TikTok, TikTok trends and stuff like that came from Facebook. Like those trends don't exist. And a lot of them, like the eating Tide Pods and stuff, never happened. They just are completely made up stories. And the ones that are real generally are trends that started on Facebook and migrated other places. And so Mark Zuckerberg paid this really big law lobbying firm a ton of money to do a smear campaign because you know tiktok is taking away a ton of his user base and it's like the it's like a disproportionate amount like 72 percent of congress people that are for the tiktok ban also own stock in meta like not just own stock but own an obscene amount of stock and so it's like hmm. they're they're getting their money from their stock but then they're also taking money from this company to say that this thing is bad which means they're getting more money from their stock and so it's just like this nasty machine that feeds into itself and who knows what's actually bad because the 190 people that are too old to drive in most states that we've decided can somehow represent our interests are making cash and so they just do what they want mm -hmm. yeah. another thing that since we're just on this vein of politics that's interesting is like uh 
Idaho right now is making a big movement and it's got legs to absorb like half of Oregon. I've heard about and, that. Yeah. Good so for it's you. Be called the, the greater Idaho. <laughs> Idaho just growing. And, uh, when I lived in Oregon and stuff, there was sometimes I would go into Northern California and you'd start seeing all these flags and there was, it was called the state of Jefferson mm, and yeah. like Northern California wants to secede from California because it's not a full representation of the people that live there because Northern half is very red state and there's few major cities in California that make it a blue state. And there's what, like eight electoral votes that come along with California 13. There's it's, it's a large amount. It's a lot that of come amount with yeah. The, yeah. With the population of California. So it's like, start looking at these states that want to secede and and reformulate or whatever it is and that taking the electoral votes away it's this this weird balance of power it's like there's just so many moving pieces of people trying to manipulate the system in their favor like because even even that it's like it's it's tough because i do believe that everybody should have a voice and your vote should matter and all that type of stuff but it's like i also feel like there's just some crooked stuff going around with that too. I, it's, I feel like it's Republicans realizing they're losing a grip on, on their advantageous high horse they've lived on for a while. And obviously everything in this last election went blue state and stuff, but it's like they're, they're now trying to be sneaky about it and do some pretty drastic things. Cause they don't see a foreseeable future where they're going to continue to win. Yeah. And the, the Donald Trump experiment is no longer, successful <laughs> and so they're they're going to have to try something different and that it's interesting i just feel like there's, there's a lot of uh, sketchy stuff going on right now i just hate that it's all or nothing with mm-hmm. both parties yep you, you accept all of our extremist beliefs or you don't and if you try to be a fence sitter then it's like you're going to be ostracized by one side or the other and it's like I, I don't believe in that either there's a lot of things i don't agree with with uh, the democratic party and i would say that i lean more red but i also hate a lot of the stuff that the Republican Party does. So it's like I am I am more in the middle than most, I think. And my mom is like she's more blue, my dad's way more red. So it's like I think growing up in that environment it's it's split me where I can see things that make sense on both parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like and Republicans have a hard time with the empathetic side. I think that that's a good point too, because it's it's they want things how it was. That they want the glory days of white male dominating and racism doesn't exist unless you talk about it and stuff it's like no there's there's problems like, yeah. and we need to oh, we need to be able to work through those you know and, and yeah. not pretend like they don't exist but yeah it's a tricky place to, to navigate yeah and so hopefully hopefully someday no more parties and people can people just vote how they out. vote you don't mm-hmm. have to when you're 16 you don't have to put a political party affiliation on the back of your first driver's license and then be attached to that label for however long until you change your mind if you ever do like, I think you're exactly right. It should just be, everybody is independent and like we all vote for the things that we care about with limited terms and people that aren't making $20 million a year insider trading from Congress. Yeah. I think that's the hard part too, is it's like the barrier to entry to like, there's like a, there's like a, a, a there's a fake, it's the fake American dream narrative too, is that anyone can president and it's like there's no way no like there's the the reason why the parties exist and why they force you into you either believe this or you don't and i like donald trump's like a great example because it's like i don't feel like he was that red and then all of a sudden he was all that red <laughs> and it's because you have to get at the backing the financial backing and and you'll get the super PACs and the people lobbying for you and stuff and that only happens if you're going to protect their beliefs mm-hmm. and so you do have to become essentially an extremist one way or the other and so the barrier to entry of like 
kid growing up thinking I'm going to be president someday. It's like, yeah, you can be president someday if you make a lot of rich friends and you go to Harvard and you get your law degree and you do, you know, it's like you make all but, the right decisions from six years old on. Yeah. And that's, that's a hard thing to ask a six year old. Yeah. Well, I, or you're born, born into it. I even looked at, uh, how much it costs to run for Congress or Senate as far as like just average across the U S and to be elected a local congressperson, which there's, there's a lot, there's a congressperson in every district. And so in Arizona, there's, I don't even know how many, but like the congressperson over my area, it's like 25 square miles because of like how densely populated Arizona is. I'm sure it's very different in Idaho because things are a lot more spread out, but the average across the United States to be elected as a congressperson is $1.1 million in cost. So never mind the fact that you can't work because you're campaigning all the time. Never mind, you know, all your life is going to be torn apart and you have to make it your entire personality and you have to do all this stuff. You also need to find someone that's willing to give you $1.1 million so that you can get your name on TV and billboards and pay your office staff to write speeches for you and stuff like that. And for someone that's in the Senate, because there's only two senators per state, the average is $23 million to run a successful Senate campaign. Who has $23 million to run for Senate? Businesses. Yeah. <laughs> Corporations then, literally own our government because nobody can get there by themselves. Oh, yeah. There's no way you can't get there by yourself. And then imagine if you were, by some miracle, you're a billionaire, so you fund your own campaign, right? And and you lose. <laughs> and all that money $23 is like million dollars gone. Completely wasted. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not is, even like a one-time entry fee. You're not you're not buying a ticket to Disneyland every four years, or if you're a congressperson, every two years you have to do it. So it's like, yeah, congresspeople make 175 grand a year, but if they want to stay making that money every other year, they need someone to give them over a million dollars so that they can remain in that position. Like it's it's fundamentally flawed. There's no way that you can avoid corruption in a government where you quite literally have to pay to play. I'll tell you one thing. If I were to become Supreme Overlord President of the United Kingdoms, um, <laughs> this is what I would. <laughs> this is what I would implement day one. You voted, right? You've done that experience oh, going yeah. on to the booth and doing all this, all right? Like, I would say eighty percent of the ballot. I don't even know who these people are. Yeah, like true. I've never heard their names before. <laughs> anything. I'm just like, yep, I guess so. And the really the only thing that is your guiding light is the R or the D that's next to their name, and it's like. Hey, I'm voting more this way, so I guess I'll support that party and yeah. just kind of mark your things. And if Kanye's on there, you know I hit that, right? Well, I guess not now. So. Yeah. I was like, "Ooh, you just outed yourself." <laughs> M- Mickey Mouse, maybe Mickey Mouse. Like every once in a while, you get a write in. So, anyways, this is what I would do if I could implement uh, the rules, right? You have when you every time I voted, there's I've sat there for an hour to get to the thing, and it's so archaic, like. Can we just, and it, that's the thing that kills me. It's like, they believe that that system is more reliable than having a super secure website. It's like, I understand, like, if we were to vote online, like, it would be attacked by every country in the world and stuff. Yeah. And stuff. But how is it any more secure that we punch a hole and then they go over and put it in a computer? Like, I still feel, I just feel like that whole system is super archaic. But yeah. if you are going to keep the archaic system, why don't you have everyone go through a vetting thing before they get to the voting booth? And it's like, they pop up the platform anonymously and they say, you are going to vote for your local county sheriff. Let me just put up the two platforms. They're both anonymous. There's no name. Of these 
platforms which, which would one you do rather you feel like aligns aligns best with your ah. beliefs and you go through and you say okay i i like what this person says you you choose that maybe even there's like once you choose your option there's a little pitch video where it's like the the candidate says yeah this is who i am this is what i would hope to accomplish blah 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 and you actually get to figure out what you're voting for yeah and you say awesome and then you're an educated voter going in and and punching your holes and and walking out because i feel like that alone makes will make people way more invested in politics because people just blindly vote somebody in and then all that person is is just a finger to point out when things aren't going the way that you want it to mm-hmm. and it's like i just feel like we're super uneducated voters and there's not really an easy way to become educated like yeah you can go find the individual but like am i going to go and take note of every campaign sign i see on the side of the road and then go find their website and then read all like it just doesn't happen yeah no so it's funny that you bring that up. This is the first year, this last election cycle that we did, and it was just local elections. It wasn't like the president, which, you know, we did, we did do that election as well. But this is the first one where I felt educated on like every person that was there because in Arizona we do mail-in ballots. And so you go in and you register with your driver's license number and your address and your social security number. And they say, okay, yeah, you're a citizen. And they send you out your little mail-in ballot and it shows up to your house three weeks before election day or whatever the actual voting day is. And you can go to voting machines and that kind of stuff if that's how you prefer to do it. But I do it from home because I like to not have to go places in public. And um, so I I sat down for a couple hours and I literally did that exact same thing. I Googled the person's name, went on their website, looked at their like core beliefs and filled it out based on what I agreed with. So I think more states should offer that as as an option. And I know that every Republican in the world is like shitting their pants right now because you know, Arizona was a big scandal and all the mail-in ballots were fake and stuff. They weren't, I promise. Like, that's just how we voted. Boo-hoo. But if more places offered the ability to do that, like you said, we would definitely become more educated because it's like, hey, I have the opportunity to sit down and learn about my local congressperson. So when it comes time for them to vote on banning TikTok, I can shoot him an email like I did three days ago. And I said, hey, I voted for you. If you vote to get rid of TikTok, I will kill myself and everyone else in my family and you'll lose a bunch of voters. So bye. That's not what I said, but (laughs) (laughs) no, I said, I said, if you, if you elect to, if you like, if you vote for this bill in the way that it stands, because I don't mind if you want to ban TikTok, like I get it. Facebook pays you a lot of money. It can be a national security risk. Like it's based out of Singapore, which is this whole other thing, but like, I understand. But if you vote yes for the bill, the way that it sits so that they can just ban stuff indiscriminately and they can get into all my stuff, then I will be actively, um, volunteering for and fundraising for your opponent in the next election is what I said. And so I haven't received an answer, but I don't really expect to. I'm sure they've gotten a hundred thousand emails in the last month about whether they should or should not be on TikTok. So they don't really care, but I figured it was like the only way that I know how to get involved without raising $1.2 million and running for Congress myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's at least you're being an activist. At least you're doing something. Cause I'm just passive. I'm just like, <laughs> yep, things will, ha- things are going to go the way they're going to go. You know, <laughs> That's uh, probably not the way to live. My, my parents would probably be very disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> do your parents listen to the podcast? Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. I don't think mine do either. I know for sure <laughs> my sister and my brother whatever do. Whatever I want. But... Well, good. What's up, Taylor? What's up, Taylor? Hey, Kyle. That's dope. Kyle. Kyle. What's Kyle doing now? Punching holes in drywall. <laughs> like every Kyle ever yeah. drinking a monster energy drink. Yeah, he's uh he works at the same company my dad does. He's thinking about moving back to Arizona next year though and I think he's in school. I don't know. He might be. 
little brothers dude yeah we, we need to have a little brother podcast he has a sick ass truck though i'm pretty jealous of it he? yeah he has the the new ranger got? the xlt top of the line blacked out everything it's gorgeous and i drive my money huh where do you get his money he working for your dad? works with my dad yeah so he makes pretty Let's good go work for, for your dad yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> he makes pretty good money for for being his age so and yeah, he has no I, real bills I, he a, lives with my parents that's the way to do it that's one regret i have i think is like your early early 20s like there's a period where it's like not married yet like obviously you're trying to date trying to get married whatever but it's like you should just go work a hard trade job that pays out the butt go work in the oil fields whatever it is and just put in 30 hour days and just like make money that's make what a ton of money. yeah when when Haley was on her mission yeah he worked he was a like a safety guy at an, in an oil field in texas and he made unreal money like it was like 85 grand in the nine months that he was there that that's one of my big regrets is there we lived through an oil boom like there was some time like i had buddies that went up to south dakota and they they drove a water truck like it's law that you can't create dust or whatever yeah so they would just drive these roads back and forth full of water and they're like yeah it sucked like we were up from basically 6 p.m to 6 a.m next morning just driving those roads but i made a hundred thousand dollars in five months and it's like okay yeah like, <laughs> that's that. probably worth it yeah <laughs> and yeah. instead i wish wish i would have done that yeah Instead, I let some wannabe frat bro tell me that selling pest control door to door was the way to live my life. And because I made $18,000 in five months, I was like, you're right, friend. I can't believe I never thought of this before. Ruined my life. <laughs> and that I was going to say, it's like some people, like my, my brother-in-law, like he's one of those 100,000 plus every summer thing. And it's like, and now his wife, my sister-in-law, she does the same like gosh that's it's nice they work four four months out of the year walk away with 200k um, when you're good at it you're good at it but unfortunately i wasn't as good as it good at it as i wanted to be that's a skill i wish i've never done sales because i just can't talk to people yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't feel like i could do it but man i wish i was a good salesman like that is you can make stupid money if you're no. good at sales i feel like i'm an all right salesman like i connect with people okay and i i feel like I understand what I'm selling really, really well. But apparently that becomes a problem because when I was selling pest control, I'd go knock with my manager, Jeremy, who was one of those guys. He'd make a quarter of a million dollars every year in five months. And then he'd go home and do whatever he does for the rest, rest of the year. But I'd knock with him and like his, his pitch really wasn't anything special. And I had, I had been a technician before, so I knew how products worked and I knew what was what and how it went and stuff. And like, 96% of the things that he said were just like fundamentally wrong about like how products work and all that kind of stuff. And then we'd knock together and he'd listen to my pitch and he'd be like, you're getting way too specific. Like you cannot talk shop with these people. Like you can't be techie. You have to just like make them feel good and get them to sign the paper. And I'm not good at that. I like, so I feel like tech sales, I would probably be good at because I, I like, I love to really dig into the how and why of things working the way they do. But apparently for regular human sales, that doesn't work. Mm. I watched a video today of a lady. She recorded her whole process of getting let go from a tech company and the tech company was indeed. And the whole time I was watching the video, I was like, what a slap in the face that she has to, she leaves this company and then she's going to use their product to find her next job. <laughs> <laughs> Just that would suck so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, uh, Excel, so that would be, 
would be good for you. I think I richest people I've ever met in my whole life are medical equipment salesmen. Mm, yeah. Probably three of the richest people I've ever met were medical equipment salesmen. I don't know what that means necessarily. They're, I'm sure there's lots of medical equipment, but that's the guys they go under. Which I figured, probably means they're I figured it just spawned like in Minecraft. Like you're like, Hey, I need an x-ray machine. And like, there it was. Yeah, you had to actually buy that from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Minecraft when we used to play? Bro, okay. we spent like eight hours one day building yeah. this underground city that still sucked, but yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> I So I have my, you can't see it in here, but I have my uh, Xbox and sometimes I think about plugging that in and firing it up and just like completing our world just because Heck yeah. you need to, uh, I don't know if, if Minecraft is cross compatible or not. If it's not, you need to get a, get it on your computer because like any computer will run it and we can play online together build a little world oh let's do it people get so stinking crazy have you ever seen the mr beast videos of him like saying i'm gonna do like a one dollar build ten dollar all the way up to like ten thousand dollars yeah and he he's ran a couple competitions where it's like either people build what they want and he'll buy it for them in those those spheres and whoever builds the best one wins and then he's paid developers that level of money to go and build him worlds and it's like people are insane like i the amount of hours that they sink into that is crazy yeah they i've, I've watched um competitive build battles before and basically everyone starts in an empty room and they're like you separate out into your own little private rooms or whatever and they're like all right build something that resembles blank and you have like 40 seconds to do it and people are just like and they build like this beautiful masterpiece out of all these materials in 40 seconds and it looks exactly like how they wanted it to it's insane really mm -hmm. i'll have to send you some I'm videos not. it's it's offensive how good people are at minecraft huh i didn't know that i thought that like all of them painstakingly are putting it together but they can do it fast yeah have you ever seen that game where people it's like geolocator where it yes will pull up a, dude those are that's unbelievable yeah just like the speed that those people's brains work like like oh i see that tree that tree is indigenous to south america south america there's a bike that bike is you know and like they, they can just like deduct all of it and be like you are in panama city brazil and it's like crazy yeah they're like oh this is a an acacia tree and like based on the angle of the sun this is probably mid-fall and since the leaves aren't quite brown yet we must be in kamchatka and it's like what the hell did you just say <laughs> yeah. we're where oh man Speaking of which, this reminds me of like one of my most traumatic fourth grade memories. We we had this competition. It was like called the GOB, which was like a spelling bee, but it was geography based. Uh -huh. And like they only let the smartest kids in or whatever. And it was like top five kids. And I I got in. Like I like had did this project thing so I could get in. And I got in. I was not the top five smartest kids in my school. Yeah. But I was like in this competition, and. It was brutal. It was so, so, so hard. And I studied like as much as I could to, to win it. I got the most answers correct. But there's a rule in the GOB or however my school ran it. That if you said pass, it didn't count against you. But if you tried, attempted oh, to answer the question, it's like you the SAT. Yeah. And so I got the most right, but I also got the most wrong. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I ended up taking dead last and the kid who won it passed on every single question except for one and got 100 percent. that's the way to do it dude 100 percent. yeah dude i uh one more thing while we're on the topic of like building games i i read an article about uh the creator of sims 
he uh, one of the creators of sims or whatever he's like left the company and he's partnered up with uh a creator of second life oh like these two like world building is and they, they're building their own game or whatever but he he said this thing that i just think is fascinating he said we would do focus groups quite a bit with the sims and he's like what we would do is we would take teenage men males and we would go and we'd say play the sims and we would record and, and watch them kind of over their, their shoulder play the game. And then we would go and we would take the, the group, the focus group, and we would put them in a room together. And then we would ask them questions about their experience and, and what they chose, the choices that they decided to make and stuff. He said it was 100% with uh, like young males that they would all lie in the focus group about what they did in in the game. He says in the game, that they would go, well, what they would say in the focus group is they would go and they would say, oh, yeah, I... I like locked my guy in a room and started the house on fire and that, or I, I knocked out my neighbor and it's like almost all of it was like these extreme cases of, of what they want to do. But in reality, normative male behavior, <laughs> but when we watch them, they would redesign their bathrooms. Like that, that's the type of things that they were doing is like, they were testing out interior design and yeah. that was like their main focus. Because like almost all of them lie once we get them in the focus. Dude, <laughs> I love the Sims. I have played, sims 4 specifically the most recent one i have played an unreal amount of time and like i start new games over constantly and it's not because i'm not happy with my sims life or whatever but it's because building the house is the most fun part and that's like the first thing that you do and so i will get on there and normally you start with like twenty thousand dollars and so the house that you build is like pretty shitty and i will open up the cheat menu and i'll give myself nine million dollars <laughs> and i will just build the most extravagant mansion you've ever heard of and like one game i did I completely rebuilt a scale model version of this house that I'm in. The whole house, decorations and all, okay. completely built it in Sims over four hours. I'm going to send you a video of it. It's it's awesome. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, dude, I love that. And you're not even lying about it in our focus group. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I have knocked up the neighbors, but like, I've never, <laughs> I've thought like, oh, I'm going to create a character that I don't like and I'm going to give them a terrible life and I'm going to kill them and whatever. And then by the time I've built their beautiful home, I'm like, I could never hurt this character they're not a bad guy. And so I, I turn him into like a mechanic or. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's crazy how you like formulate like a, an emotional connection in video games. Like I understand like there are a lot of people that they play video games so that they can live a life. They don't like make choices that they wouldn't make in real life. Like that, a disassociation of that. But it's like, I, I love Red Dead Redemption. It's like one of my favorite games. Yeah. And there's that, the meter of like, being a bad guy versus a good guy and stuff and it's like i always default to, to being the good guy and, and getting my charisma up or whatever it is but it's like one time i was like i'm just gonna do everything wrong and i'm gonna get it all the way down and you do all this terrible crap and you get it all the way down and it's like i don't feel good it about feels it feels like, bad it's not the way i want to play yeah like you feel that you're like this i shouldn't be doing this and yeah. then you like try to get it back up but it's weird that you have that emotion with something that's not real you know when i was doing hogwarts legacy i 100 i was like i'm going to be the bad guy and I said one mean thing to one person one time. And I was like, I don't like this. And so everyone asked me if I was going to be a bad character or a good character. And like, I'm, I'm me. I have to say, oh, I'm the bad character. And so I wrote it off as, oh, I'm playing the Tom Riddle playthrough. So I'm nice to everyone's face, but I'm killing people in the background. And that's how I justified like, you know, oh, I, I can be nice because I don't like saying mean things to these NPCs that don't recognize <laughs> anything. <laughs> So I was That's a awesome. good, bad character. I killed every everything that I could that I came across, but I didn't say anything mean to anybody. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what the, the Sims creator guy and the half 
Second Life guy are doing is their whole concept of the game they're developing is all the NPCs simultaneously are living their own lives. So it's typical in in those types of role play games. Like they they only interact with the user and like they're there to serve the the user or whatever. But it's like these their whole concept of their game is like the NPCs will live their entire lives independent whether you engage with them or not. And so like they have their own storylines that are just being developed and going on while you you play the game. Yeah. That's that's a neat idea cuz the Sims they technically have lives like they each quote unquote have jobs, but like if I call them at 1 p.m. on a Wednesday, it says so and so is rushing right over and like they'll come hang out with me and like they technically wander around but they mostly wander within my vicinity so that if I need them, I can get them. And so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it's almost like it, a lot of wasted work. <laughs> like I, I could see that being like, this is so sick, but it's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, like yeah. does it make a sound? <laughs> like if, if you don't engage with the NPCs, like does it really serve a purpose? Yeah. So, I don't know. Have you heard of um, Star Citizen? No. Okay. So it's basically like a really, really big version of No Man's Sky. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it, I think. Okay. So No Man's Sky is basically um, like a space exploration game. And like it, it runs on an AI model that randomly generates planets and stuff as you're going through space. And so like you can, in theory, run, go endlessly as long as your computer, computer can handle it. Um, in Star Citizen, it takes that concept and makes it really, really advanced where like the map that you generate as you're traveling through space also becomes everyone else's map that generates as you have gone through space. And you can, um, like, let's say you land on one planet and you, like, cut down a tree and you, like, leave an axe there. The next person that visits that planet, if they know the coordinates to go to, can find your axe and pick it up and take it with them. And, like, it's this massively massive immersive game. And the planets are all planet-sized. And so it's, like, if you're flying around a planet, it takes you, like, five hours to do it five hours of real lifetime to traverse this planet and there's all kinds of like biomes and stuff and it's it's a game that's been in develop for like 12 years and it's still like not anywhere near coming out because it just takes so much art and processing power and all that kind of stuff but when it finally releases i'm gonna take a month off of work and i'm just gonna travel the universe because it sounds unbelievable (laughs) that does sound so sick that that's what I don't understand about games that have been in development. Like right now there's something in development that is going to be the next big thing or whatever, you know, but it's like over 12 years, you go back 12 years, graphics, everything just sucked. Like, it's just crazy how far we've advanced that far. Do you think that like that happens when someone's like in the middle, yeah, they're in the middle of a project and then someone's like, I just came out with unreal engine and it's sick. And you're just like, mother like, damn it <laughs> last six years means yeah. nothing yeah it's probably all over i mean like they started it back when like a 930 graphics card was like a good good quality card and now i have a 3070 in my computer and it's like it's a 30 series card with 70 graphics and it's like it's massive so i'm sure that they have run into all kinds of developments where they're like okay we now have to reskin the entire game because computers can handle so much more detail. And so, yeah, that may be why it's taken 12 years. I can't imagine that the AI can't build a planet on the spot. Minecraft seems to do it okay. Yeah. <laughs> Minecraft wins. That's also, too, that's crazy that like Minecraft still has legs and like people still are invested in it. And they probably always will because at this point, the children like, yearn for the mines. Being... <laughs> imagine being one of those guys that's like, 
become the, the ultimate speed minecrafters or whatever and then it's like the game becomes wildly unpopular like a year later and it's like that's a wasted skill <laughs> like, <laughs> i think of like war of warcraft like that used to be so big mm. and it's like do people even play it now like i'm yeah. sure there's not a- not as many for sure but it still technically exists i think a lot of those players migrated to league of legends and all the league mm-hmm. of legends players migrated to not playing anything because they were tired of being around toxic people. Yeah. I played League was once. Was that pretty? And it's was it horrific. Bad oh, yeah. Everybody is an asshole. Like, really? if you don't know how to play the game, just don't bother because people will treat you poorly for not knowing how to play the game. And it's like, well, I can never learn. That's what they want. They want people that have been playing for 10 <laughs> years to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I've told you about my, my Fortnite learning curve, but I, yeah. I do play with my buddies. I have like every Tuesday night we, we play now and it's like I, I will never be as good as them like it is very clear that that is not going to happen but I have learned some tricks where it's like I will get one or two kills now where it's like I play the game so wrong I camp I hide like I, <laughs> I do everything I can to like just make sure I can get my one contribution to their yeah. squad and then I, I, I heal them that's like basically my goal once they go down I'm like I just run you know, right through pick the up their and card and stick it in the van yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's all I do. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for the Roommates Couch Podcast, another fantastic episode. We have some great episodes coming up in our queue, so stay tuned. Uh, as always, like, subscribe, do whatever you need to do uh, wherever and where, whenever you're listening to this podcast. We would love to have you support our podcast by sharing this with somebody you think would enjoy it. Thanks, and have a great week, everybody. Peace. I'm going to cut that. That was annoying that I said peace right there. I shouldn't have done that.